0: Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church
1: with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at
0: emmausroad.com. Our speaker this evening um, just has such an infectious personality. You know when you've spent time with Joe because um, you leave either questioning your own thoughts or you leave knowing a little bit more about what you didn't know. But she has such a beautiful mind and such a wonderful heart and such a wonderful determination. Um, and so we're so excited for Jo, who's coming to speak tonight. So I want to welcome Joe as she comes up to speak. Let's get you a Let's get you a whatchamacallit. And Emily, not to spring this on you, would you mind praying for Jo as she comes to speak for us? Is that all right? Okay, that's all right. You can cry. My little short friend, Jo. Father God, we thank you so much that great things come in small packages. Lord, for... Everyone that knows Jo in this room is filled with excitement for her as their friend, but also because if you know Jo, you know that when you spend time with her, you feel like you're also spending time with you, God. Lord, I thank you for that anticipation and that excitement, because I believe that it's your presence in us already opening our hearts. And God, for everyone else that doesn't yet know Jo, Lord, I just pray that, We'll all have open hearts and minds and ears and we'll hear from you. And God, I pray that you will still Joe's thoughts and that through all of this, you'll just shine through. We thank you so much for her and I thank you that how as she's stepping up this evening, she's stepping more and more into her destiny from you. Amen. Amen.
1: Thanks so much, Em. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Hello. Um, so we are on week three of our faith series, and it feels really apt that we're doing a series on faith because this has been a roller coaster week. This week, our faith in the world was lifted as we saw the incredible rescue of the Thai boys from the cave. This week, our faith in politics was shaken with the numerous news stories about British and American politics. I'm not going to say anymore. (laughs) And this week, our faith in football reached an all-time high, only to come crashing down on Wednesday. Sorry, England supporters. But good news if you're French. Um, But that means that because of this week, I'm really feeling the pressure to build our faith again. (laughs) As a church, we have been exploring together living faith the heroes of faith lifted in Hebrews 11. We kicked off two weeks ago with Christian Guy sharing about the faith of Enoch and Abel. And last week, Pete shared about the faithfulness of Abraham and Sarah. And this week, we're looking at the life of Moses. I was pretty excited when I found out that I got to share on Moses because he's a bit of a hero. I also have this really vivid memory of being in Northern Irish Sunday School, learning about Moses, and getting to draw a picture of Moses in a Moses basket on the River Nile. And my picture was amazing. I really wish I still had it, but it was like 24 years ago, so it's not going to happen. Um, so the book of Exodus is where we find this story of Moses, and it's got some great bits that we'll come to you. But to find out about the faith of Moses, we need to turn to Hebrews. So if you've got a Bible, or it'll be on the screen, um, turn to Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to be looking from verses 23 to 29. That's Hebrews 11, verses 23 to 29. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered, because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea, as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, They were drowned. So, to provide some context, we know that the letter of Hebrews was written to people who were very familiar with the Old Testament. This list of heroes of faith are stories they've heard time and time again. We also know that Moses, in particular, was a key character known to them. Earlier in the book of Hebrews, back in chapter 3, there's a whole section devoted to proving that Jesus is greater than Moses. Moses then is a massive hero of the faith. Known to the people, he's compared to Jesus and therefore it's not surprising that he features in this passage. What's so inspiring about the character of Moses, though, is that he's just a human with real-life flaws and problems. But time and time again, Moses chooses to trust in God more than himself. He fixes his eyes on an invisible God and has faith in him. So by delving into Moses' life, we are going to learn three things. Firstly... Our faith overcomes our fear. Secondly, our faith equips us for the future. And thirdly, our faith is rooted in our salvation. Our faith overcomes our fear, our faith equips us for the future, and our faith is rooted in our salvation. So firstly, our faith overcomes our fear. And you'll notice in the passage in Hebrews that before we even get to the character of Moses himself, we get an insight into the life of Moses' parents. At that time, the Hebrew people are slaves in the land of Egypt, but there are so many of them that Pharaoh, the king, issues an order that all the Hebrew boys should be killed. Moses wasn't supposed to survive, but he does because his parents aren't trusting in the king. They're trusting in God. Their faith is not in the king. It's in God. You'll notice in verse 23, it says, they saw he was no ordinary child. We can guess that this means more than just they loved their son so much. No, they hid their son because they saw God's heart, purpose, and plan for Moses. And it is this that stopped them from being afraid. They were looking beyond the world and looking at god and there's something really profound in the fact that moses parents had this strong faith in god because it's this that sets the course for moses life for one he's alive and not dead and that's really helpful but if you know the story you'll also know that in the middle of this process moses was discovered by pharaoh's daughter And as a consequence, he grew up in Egypt with all of the privilege of an Egyptian instead of a Hebrew slave. Because Moses' parents had faith in God, kept Moses alive, he was able to reach the place God wanted him to be in. We're all connected, and there will always be people whose faith will impact ours. So take a moment to think who has God put around you? Who is God asking you to help? Whose faith in God is helping you right now? Just like Moses' parents, there will be people who help us to fix our eyes on God over and above our worldly fears. When I was a teenager, my parents probably thought I was part of a cult. Um, This is because I went to church on Friday nights, on Sunday mornings, and on Sunday nights, and sometimes actually on Saturday nights as well. And so my parents thought that was kind of weird. And in retrospect, I do kind of see where they were coming from. I was a very keen Christian teen. At this time, one of my best friends lived just down the road and she and her family were Christians. I used to go to their house every Sunday afternoon in between morning church and evening church and my best um, friend would invite me in and we'd always, always have ice cream sundays. It was the dream. One time we were sitting and chatting and my best friend's mum just dropped into the conversation. Do you know that we always pray for you? She then explained that when she prayed each day, she prayed for her daughter and then she prayed for me. My best friend's mum championed me, paved the way for me, showed 14-year-old me what faith in God looked like. The faith and example of others is crucial in our walk with God. Thanks to the faith of that family, I felt encouraged to be a Christian, even when I was wrestling with the reality of believing something different to my family. When I felt fearful and uncertain about following God, they showed me the way. We all face fears, barriers that get in the way of trusting God, but we don't live faith alone. There are always others along the way who can bring courage, who can pray for us, who can journey alongside us and point us back to God. Just now in the worship, we gave our worries back to God. And we saw that one of the most significant things you can do is to stop and to focus on God. But sometimes that's hard. And when we struggle to do that, the best thing we can do is ask someone close to us to focus on God for us, to show us the way. There are always people we can look to for faith encouragement. Who is it for you? Whose faith in God inspires you, encourages you? Perhaps it's a Christian family member, or if, like me, your family aren't Christians, maybe it's someone here at Emmaus, or maybe it's someone at work or at uni. Really practically, ask to grab a coffee with them or have a chat with them this week. Tell them that you're encouraged by their faith, and they'll be really grateful. But also... Ask them how they fix their eyes on God when things have been hard and learn from them. Later in our Hebrews passage in verse 27, you'll notice that it says about Moses, by faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. I wonder if Moses knew the story of his birth. I wonder if the faith of his parents was etched in his mind as an example of people who had risked everything because they had looked at God. He must have known and been inspired by the fact that they had such a strong faith in God. We know that Moses wasn't fearless either. In fact, if you look at the book of Exodus, you'll notice that he really struggles with faith and fear and worry throughout the book. But when Moses was faced with the anger of a king pharaoh who didn't want the Israelites to leave Egypt, a situation that literally could have resulted in his death, he was not afraid. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Moses, remembering his story, fixed his eyes on the invisible God who had saved his life before and was continuing to protect him in that present moment. I've been listening to Pat Barrett's brilliant EP as I've been prepping this talk, and there's a song called Into Faith I Go. This is my favorite line. Nobody said this would be easy. Anyone who did never went through anything painful. But faith is not some fragile thing that shatters when we walk through something hard. So we walk on whatever may come. Faith is not some fragile thing that shatters when we walk through something hard. So we walk on, whatever may come. When we overcome our fears and worries, we're able to step into the purposes God has for us. We walk on in faith. We might feel afraid. It might take some time. But you'll notice that the best thing about Moses' story in Hebrews is that it doesn't focus on his fear it focuses on his faith. The story and purposes God has for us are perfected by our faith. Our fear is forgotten by God and forgotten by us, and we fix our eyes on God. Just as Moses' parents released Moses into his potential, and Moses was able to show the Israelites the way out of Egypt, when we fix our eyes on the one who is invisible, we can feel peace and assurance and trust. Our faith overcomes our fear. Because when we see and trust in God more than ourselves, like Moses did, we are living in faith. Secondly, our faith equips us for the future. So Moses growing up has this combined identity. He's a Hebrew living the life of an Egyptian. All of his people are treated as slaves, whereas he is treated literally like a king. And one day, Moses sees an Egyptian treating a Hebrew unfairly, so he does the slightly irrational thing and kills him. The consequence of this is that King Pharaoh wants to kill Moses. And so he ends up fleeing and finds himself in the wilderness in a place called Midian. Can you imagine this turn of events for Moses? He's grown up in luxurious palaces. Everybody has done everything for him. And all of a sudden, he finds himself in the middle of nowhere. So what does he do? The Bible tells us he sat down by a well. I love the mundane detail of the Bible and the idea of Moses desperately trying to figure out what to do, sitting down by a well for comfort and he's just like grabbing some water to drink and wondering where on earth he is. But this wilderness ends up becoming his home. He gets married, he becomes a shepherd and he lives in Midian for 40 years. Why is this significant? Well, you might know what happens later. Moses is called by God to lead the Israelite people out of Egypt into the wilderness. In Midian, Moses learns how to be in the wilderness. He learns how to cope with the heat. He learns how to dwell in a desert place. He learns the skills he needs for the future. God is using this time in the wilderness to equip him for what's ahead, for what he's gonna do in the future. Before I moved to Guildford, I spent three months volunteering with Tearfund in Rwanda. And before I left, I was convinced it was gonna be the best experience of my life. I was convinced I was gonna receive dreams and prophecies and visions. I was gonna live overseas forever. And I was really, really excited. I got to Rwanda and it was not what I was expecting. It was really hard. The team I was leading were quite difficult and didn't get on well. And some people were going through really difficult things. And as team leader, I was supposed to be helping them. By the end, I didn't wanna lead anyone. I didn't wanna live overseas. It certainly wasn't the best experience of my life. Yet, in the middle of the struggle, God was present. Every morning, I turned to God in prayer because I literally had to to get through the day. I had friends back in the UK sending me messages and prayers and wisdom. And this experience grew me. It taught me to rely on God when I really didn't feel qualified. In fact, when I felt really pretty useless. When I felt like everything was falling apart, God was present. And I learned things to... For example, I learned that I love teaching Rwandans how to write blog posts. And then I moved to Guildford and got a job at 24-7 Prayer, helping people write blog posts. God was faithfully preparing me for what was ahead. Often, we find ourselves in places we weren't expecting. In jobs, in living situations, in geographical locations but God is able to use each scenario for his good. It might just be preparing us for our future. Perhaps you are in a place that you're not expecting. Perhaps you're wondering why things haven't gone a certain way. At these points in our story, we need to trust in the invisible God, who knows our future. Because when we see and trust in God more than ourselves, we are living in faith. After this time in the wilderness is one of the most significant parts of Moses' story. God appears supernaturally to Moses in a burning bush and gives him his calling to save the people. This is an incredible, significant, unforgettable moment. Interestingly, Moses follows it up with a lot of excuses by how he can't do it. From the excuse that the people won't believe him to the fact that he doesn't speak well, And then at the end, he's just really honest and says, literally, God, please send someone else. And in this moment, don't you really, really relate to Moses? Isn't it reassuring to have a hero of the faith who, having just had this profound supernatural experience, still isn't sure he's the right person for the job? Don't we all have these moments? Sometimes our faith isn't steadfast or big. Sometimes our faith feels really, really small. And especially when we feel like God is telling us to do something, our initial reaction is just like Moses. God, please send someone else. But what's really significant in this encounter between Moses and God is that God knows the bigger picture. God knows that he rescued Moses from death as a baby. God knows that Moses just spent 40 years in the wilderness. God knows that Moses is the unique and only person who spent enough time in Egypt to have the authority. Moses is the only Hebrew who didn't end up in a life of slavery. And because of this, he and he alone is able to do the job. Even when we can't see very far ahead, when we are somewhere we are not expecting, God knows the bigger picture and is preparing us for the future. God has written our story from beginning to end and knows every part of it. He has formed each experience we face into an opportunity to prepare us for what's ahead. Corey ten Boom says, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. God knows our bigger picture, and we can know God. And when we see and trust in God and not ourselves, we are living in faith. Our faith in God means we don't have to panic about what's ahead. Our faith equips us for the future. And afterwards, when Moses has to go and do what God said and it's hard, or when they're struggling through the wilderness, or in any moment or doubt, worry, anxiety that Moses was possibly feeling, he would never forget the moment God called him from a burning bush. This memorable experience was a huge faith builder for that present moment but also for the future, he would never forget the moment God called him from a bush. Our most significant moments of encountering God are faith builders for our future. When we meet with God in church or in worship, in collective and in groups, these are the things that push us forward so that when we're struggling or uncertain, we're equipped and inspired to keep persisting in faith. Time in God's presence is never time wasted. Investing in prayer and worship builds our faith for the future. When you feel like you've learned something about God or if God speaks to you via a worship song or a Bible verse or a prophetic word, write it down, hold onto it, because you never know when you might need that faith builder again. What has God been saying to you recently? What's encouraged your faith recently? Write it down. Hold on to it. Because wherever we find ourselves, however hard it gets, when we look at the bigger picture, the way God sees it, it's worth our current challenges. The Hebrews passage says, Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. For the Hebrews who are reading this letter and facing challenges for following Jesus, they're probably facing all kinds of persecution. This was a huge encouragement. Moses was looking ahead to his reward, and we can too. We can be sure that trusting in God is worth our current challenges. When we fix our eyes on God, it's worth it. Because when we see and trust in God more than ourselves, we are living in faith. No matter where we are right now, we can have faith in God for the future. Our faith equips us for the future. Thirdly and finally, our faith is rooted in our salvation. At the heart of Moses' story is the Passover, one of the most significant moments of the whole of the escape of the Israelites from Egypt. The Israelites were instructed to have a meal together, to kill a lamb and to put the blood from the lamb over the door. Exodus 12 says this, When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the tops and sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. What's important to note here is that although Moses had the faith to keep the Passover, Moses didn't save the people, God did. God's plan was always to save the Israelites and to give them this Passover meal and the opportunity to leave Egypt. The people in turn had to have faith, faith in God's promise spoken through Moses. The people weren't saved by Moses, they were saved by an act of faith. And so are we. We are saved by an act of faith in Jesus. And doesn't this Passover meal remind you of another story? In the New Testament, when Jesus sat down to eat the Passover meal before he became a sacrifice. But this time it wasn't just for the Israelite people. It was for everyone to be eternally free. At the heart of the Christian faith is this message of freedom not to trust in ourselves or our own actions, but to trust in Jesus who has saved us. And our faith begins here with our salvation. This is always the place that we begin from, a place where we are forgiven and saved by Jesus. So often we can become reliant on our own actions and focused on our own strengths, but if we lose sight as Christians of our God-given identity, our faith can crumble. When we fix our eyes on trusting in ourselves rather than trusting in God, we can lose our perspective and forget that God's at the one at the center. But when we see and trust in God more than ourselves, like Moses and the Israelites did, we are living in faith. My favourite book series um, is The Chronicles of Narnia, which I've read multiple times and I turn to regularly to be encouraged in my faith. And there's a moment right in the middle of the fourth book, Prince Caspian, where the heroes of the book, four siblings, called Peter, Susan, Edmund and Lucy, are lost in the middle of a forest and they can't find their way out. But then Lucy, the youngest, sees Aslan the lion for the first time and he tells her what to do next. And this is what happens. Aslan said, if you go back to the others now and wake them up and tell them you have seen me again and that you must get up at once and follow me, what will happen? There is only one way of finding out. Do you mean that is what you want me to do? gasped Lucy. Yes, little one, said Aslan. Will the others see you too? asked Lucy. Certainly not at first, said Aslan. Later on, it depends. But they won't believe me, said Lucy. It doesn't matter, said Aslan. And of course, once Lucy has persuaded them all to follow Aslan, they do find their way out of the forest. And eventually, all of the siblings see Aslan, the lion, leading them to their destination. And every time I read this bit of the, path of the book, I'm reminded how challenging it can be to fix my eyes on God and trusting he's the way. It can be hard to trust in an invisible God. And there are so many times when I've been like Peter and Susan and Edmund, not seeing or believing God and choosing my own way and getting lost in the process. <laughs> But the most incredible thing is that when, because our faith is rooted in our salvation, it means we can always come back to God. And when we do, when we step out and follow God's direction, we can help others to discover that they can see him too. After Moses and the Israelite people escape from Egypt, they immediately face a huge challenge. Pharaoh is coming after them and they're convinced they're going to die. So they, naturally, cry out to God to save them, and this is what happens. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Now this is a bold step. God is literally telling Moses to just go and divide the sea which is quite hard, but God is actually challenging all of the Israelite people to have faith too. And why? Because he has just saved them. So now they have to trust him. When we know we are saved by Jesus, we can step into our own Red Sea moments. We can trust God to provide, to help, to guide to show us the way. And this is not because of who we are, but what God has done for us. Our faith in Jesus is the grounding point for every step of faith we take in our lives. Our faith in Jesus is the grounding point for every step of faith we take in our lives. Because God has saved us, we can always, in every situation, with no doubt, know that he is for us and will never leave us, no matter how big our Red Sea. And notice as well that this isn't just the faith of Moses that parts the sea. All of the Israelites are called together to have faith in God. As a church community here at Emmaus Road, we are called together to have faith in God. We need to believe that we should step out in our community outreach together. We need to step out in our faith in Alpha together. We need to step out in our faith in prayer, in mission, in justice. Not as individuals, but as a community together. And we can't do this if we're not rooted and grounded in Jesus. We are only equipped and enabled by what God has done for us. Because when we, together, see and trust in God more than ourselves, like Moses and the Israelites did, we are living in faith. And that's the incredible thing about the whole story of Moses, because it points not just to a mighty and powerful God, but to Jesus who has saved us. Our faith is rooted in our salvation. And the faith of Moses shows us the significance of our faith in all of our lives. In every part of our lives, we are called to overcome fear, to be equipped for the future, and to remember our salvation. So, as we close take a moment to reflect on what God might be saying to you. Perhaps you need to focus on faith overcoming fear. Where do you need to focus on God instead of that thing that you're worried about? We chatted about it earlier. Or perhaps you want to think about faith and the future and how God knows the bigger picture. What might he be growing in you right now? Where do you need to trust him more? Or maybe you want to focus on faith and your salvation. Maybe you need to rediscover or discover Jesus and how he is the grounding point for everything. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we invite you to show us more of who you are. Remind us to fix our eyes on you when we're afraid, when we're uncertain, and when we need to remember you, Jesus. Help us to be people of faith. Amen.